I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I want you to step uh, back into the Wayback Machine. I want you to go back to May of 2009, just before... You know what? This could actually be April of 2009, depending upon when the 24/7 series, uh, sorry, the 24/7 series episode aired. But uh, I want you to remember these famous last words of Ricky Hatton. Same move every time. From Bray Roach. Yeah. Same move. That's what I was, just, that's what I was trying to tell you. Right hook, roll under. And as we all saw in the fight, Manny Pacquiao throws a right hook. And rolls under Ricky Hatton's left. It, it didn't get any more classic than that. But um, here in the year 2014, I think Tim Lane has... Uh, he's just created this new phrase in boxing. Let it out the cage or laying it out the cage. Who cares? Just if you haven't seen the Algeria fight, where the hell have you been for the past uh, six days or so? But this is what he was saying. Well, Manny Pacquiao... <laughs> Well, 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 Chris Algeria is fighting Manny Pacquiao. And by the way, Chris has uh, been knocked down a few times and he has not won, not even two rounds. I mean, you could be generous and give him one round, but uh, this is what Tim Lane was saying in the ninth round. Let's go to the corner of Chris Algeria, where Max Kellerman is ready to talk to Tim Lane about the game plan and what's happening now. Max? Tim, we're talking a lot about the game plan in the corner. We heard you after two rounds tell him two more of those. And then you, yes. what was the game plan coming in? Keep the distance. Keep the distance. Jab on him, let him get tired. He's getting tired, he's reaching. Was there an idea that after it. four rounds something changes? Yeah. What was going to change? I'll tell you after. He's going to put him asleep here in a few minutes. I'm gonna let him go. In, I'm, I'm gonna let him go in, in one more round. I'm still. I got him in the cage right now. I'm the, gonna let him out the cage. The plan is to have Algeria knock Pacquiao out. Yes, but I still got him in the cage. He listens to me very well. I'm gonna let him loose in another round. So. Round ten. Round round ten or eleven. I'm gonna let him go. Well, that's gonna make it difficult for the plan to materialize because there's a question now as to whether Algeria will be able to survive that shot, which was a monster. Left hand, a sensational straight left cross by Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, as you saw or probably heard by now, Manny Pacquiao absolutely dominated Chris Algieri. He went in, did exactly what was expected of him, and Algieri wasn't in this fight. I don't know what he was in there for. I mean, yeah, he won the fight with Provodnikov, but what was he doing? What was his real game plan? If you listen to uh, Tim Lane, he actually sounds nervous when Kellerman's asking him questions. I mean, granted, he might be focusing on his fighter in the ring, but um, he's just saying stuff like, oh, I'll, I'll tell you later. Why do you have to tell him later? Can't you tell him now? I mean, he must... The guy is delirious or incompetent if he thinks that uh, Algeria had a chance of knocking Pacquiao out within those uh, last three or four rounds. There is no way... Uh, so what's next for Manny Pacquiao? Well, well, we all know what's what was going to be coming next as soon as Max Kellerman got in the ring. But the fight that everyone's been talking about again, which seems to happen every time before you fight, is you and Floyd Mayweather. What are your thoughts about that fight right now? Is he going to fight me? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I know, I mean... <laughs> Well, uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight next year for him. 
Thanks, Matty. Thank you so much. Of course, they're going to bring up Floyd Mayweather. There's no avoiding it. Uh, I've heard rumors in the past few days that uh, members of Pacquiao's team, like by that I mean Bob Arum, uh, are meeting with people from Showtime and CBS to possibly set up a fight with Floyd Mayweather. But the truth is, until it actually happens, I'm not going to believe that the fight will happen. They can have all the press conferences they want, but uh, I will not believe it until the first bell for round one, be, until, the, until that first bell rings. When I hear that first bell, then I'll know. But uh, until then, I'm going to be holding my breath. And uh, before any of those rumors started, I got into a little bit of a debate with Paul Malinaji on Twitter about... Uh, the fight, Malinaji was saying that Floyd would dominate Pacquiao easily, and I just asked, well, if that's the case, why hasn't he made the fight? It was, I mean, he, Paul was making some good arguments. I was making some good ones as well. Uh, I said that out of the two of them, Pacquiao and Mayweather, I said that Mayweather seems the more reluctant to get it done. If you ask Pacquiao about it, he says yes. I'm willing to make the fight. Let's make it happen. You just heard it. You ask Floyd Mayweather about the fight, and he says, well, I have to talk with Al Heyman. I have to talk with, you know, sit down with my team. And you think, well, this is a guy who constantly proclaims that he's his own boss and he does whatever he wants. But when it comes to making the biggest fight in history, he has to sit down with his advisor and ask, hey, what should I do? And, uh, yeah, that, that's basically what it was. Uh, I wasn't staying a part of this conversation for very long, but uh, you know, 24 hours or close to after it had started, I was still getting notifications on Twitter from people who were jumping in the discussion, getting involved. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting, but um, I mean, Polly said that I was making shit up. I wasn't, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this this is a guy who does not consider Manny Pacquiao to be a great fighter. I have my own theories about that, and most of it stems from Pauly's ego. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I hope the fight can be, can be made. And uh, speaking of that fight being made, this just popped up on my news feed. Floyd Mayweather apparently is in, uh, interested in making a fight between Manny Pacquiao and himself, provided there is a rematch clause in the contract should he lose. If I'm on Team Pacquiao, I would say, all right, you've got it. We're certain we're going to win this fight. So, hell, you know, here, we'll sign right here. There you go. And, yeah, okay, we'll kick your ass the first time, and we'll do it again if you want it that badly. I mean, he's going to get paid either way. Uh, a rematch might be bigger depending upon how he lost or if he loses. Remember, he has to lose in order for... Uh, there to be a rematch and who knows there might be a rematch due to scoring controversy it could look like pacquiao is clearly winning the fight but mayweather is declared the winner i mean a lot of people wanted to do that for the first maidana fight even though floyd was clearly winning uh yeah i again i'm not really going to believe anything about this fight until the first bell rings all i'm gonna say moving on this Saturday is the highly anticipated rematch in England between Tyson Fury and Derek Chisora. 
Tyson Fury is undefeated with uh, 22 victories and 16 knockouts. Chisora has gone, uh, he's got 20 wins, 13 knockouts, 4 defeats. Uh, the last time he lost was all the way back in 2000, and uh, that was in 2012 to David Hay. And uh, this uh, this rematch that he's got with Fury, this has been a long time coming. Uh, they were it was supposed to happen earlier this year, but then there was an injury, and yeah, and uh, Tyson Fury is an interesting character. He's one of those people that. Whether you like him or you don't like him, at the same time, he knows how to get your attention. Uh, he's always making outrageous statements. And, again, like it or not, you can't ignore him because he's got this uh, very interesting personality, which is lacking a lot in boxing. Um, I know that people think that you have to be loud for people to pay attention to you, which is true, but sometimes you got to be authentic as well. Pauly Malignaggi said that he thinks that Floyd puts on an act, but uh, I think that it's really genuine in the case of Tyson Fury, that this is really how he feels about things, and threatening. he says, oh, I'll shave all the hair off my body, and I, I really don't want to see that, Tyson, so please don't. Um, the winner of this fight is supposed to be facing Vladimir Klitschko next year. If it's Tyson Fury, that's going to be a great fight. I oh, uh, I like surprises. I'm picking Tyson Fury to win this fight. If Chisora wins, again, I like surprises. So uh, I hope it's interesting. Moving on. Negotiations are apparently underway for a showdown between undefeated light heavyweight kingpin Sergey Kovalev and, oh, it's not Donna Stevenson. Oh, it says here that it's supposed to be a fighter of Haitian descent from Quebec. Oh, it's Jean Pascal. Yeah, according to ESPN, uh, negotiations are underway for that fight and that the talks so far have been pretty positive. According to the uh, CEO of Jean Pascal Promotions, quote, I'm of the opinion that Kovalev Pascal is the best light heavyweight fight that can be made without the complications that come with dealing with Adonis Stevenson. Pascal is obviously an elite level option for Kovalev where all discussions have been positive thus far and as the mandatory challenger to, Steven to Stevenson, Jean is in very good in a very good position. However, none of these attractive opportunities matter one bit until after Jean Pascal takes care of his business with Roberto Bolonti. First things first. Uh, okay, it's uh, it's not the Stevenson showdown, uh, but at the same time, it's exciting. Uh, I believe Kovalev's fought in uh, Quebec a few times. He, I think he was actually on the undercard of Stevenson's last fight in 2014. Yeah, uh, things are not going very well for Donna Stevenson. They really, really aren't. Uh, I saw an article a few days ago where he was talking about possibly fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. because uh, he might be moving up in weight. And you're just wondering, okay... But what about Kovalev? And then afterwards, an article came out where he said, "Oh, I'm, you know, I would like to fight Kovalev. I don't want to fight Bernard Hopkins." Well, good thing that you don't want to fight a guy who, at this point in his career, doesn't need to be in the ring anymore. And I'm talking about Hopkins. He's he's got really nothing left to prove at this point. But um, I don't get it. Adonis Stevenson is having just kind of the worst turnaround. 
that could be imagined after having such a great year last year. He says that he wants to fight. Uh, he wants to have three fights in 2015. Great. I hope one of them is Kovalev eventually because we can't afford to have another big showdown that is held up due to ridiculous stipulations. We really can't. I mean, the people at Showtime and HBO, they have to work together, find some way to come together and make this fight happen. And so do both uh, the fighters involved. Moving on. Muhammad Ali's daughters, or two of them at least, have downplayed concerns regarding the former heavyweight champion's health. They say that, in fact, no, he is not dying, and that most of the stories are about his uh, uh, frail health are coming from people who don't understand Parkinson's. Uh, this is a quote from his uh, daughter, Miriam. He's never been on his deathbed. He has Parkinson's. He's had it for 30 years, and it's a progressive degenerative disease, but he does well and is healthy outside the Parkinson's. For some people, it is hard for them to see the old Ali and this Ali suffering with Parkinson's, but he is doing well. He enjoys his life, and he's clear-minded. He doesn't have dementia or Alzheimer's and understands who you are. I think this is maybe the third time this year I've heard I've heard these two come out and say no our father isn't dying and each time no he is not dying <laughs> but come on why I don't under, I mean usually it's uh, his brother Rudy or sorry it's his brother Rotman who's always saying oh my brother's in ill health he did it last time I think in 2013 and then he said he was misquoted and then he did it again this year. Uh, and haven't heard anything about him being misquoted. And I also saw a report that uh, Muhammad Ali Jr. was saying that it was unlikely that his father would live to see the end of the year. Uh, I should note that as of this recording, there are only uh, three days left in this month, another 31 in December. So 34 days for us to prove you right. Oh, geez, not us to prove you right. For Parkinson's to prove you right, uh, Mr. Ali Jr., Oh, God. But, um, no, I, I I hope, I pray that Muhammad Ali is doing well. I mean, it must it must be terrible that a man of his greatness has to be uh, suffering from Parkinson's. But at the same time, he seems, from, from what we hear, he seems very accepting of it. And uh, we should just kind of leave him be. Stop having a constant death watch. Like, oh, are you still alive? No? Okay, we'll come back later, you know. Call us when you're dying. Ugh. Uh, this last story I'm going to bring up was one that I mentioned earlier, and uh, it was uh, regarding Paul Malinaji and his dislike for, well, his somewhat dislike for Pacquiao. He doesn't really see him as a great fighter, and I mentioned a theory that I had to Justin, and he said that I should put it in the podcast. So, uh, okay, here we go. He kept bringing up the fact that uh, Pacquiao was steamrolling through guys in his division and that it was just kind of unprecedented that this former flyweight is moving up to uh, junior welterweight and welterweight and he's knocking guys out. He just broke down Miguel Cotto. He demolished Ricky Hatton quite easily without even breaking a sweat and he just finds it unfathomable he thinks that peds have played a role but um i don't know why people keep bringing up peds first of all he's never failed a test there has never been any controversy regarding uh 
any of his post-fight test results. He does the VADA testing now. I think he's been doing it ever since the Brandon Rios fight, so that's three fights he's done it for already. Uh, but I think it, like I said before, I think it has to do with ego. Uh, let's just go back, and I want you to pay attention to these uh, comments that Polly Malignaggi has, has been quoted as saying to uh, Sean Porter after uh, Sean Porter knocked Malignaggi out. He said, go and be great. So if I do stop fighting, I can say that the guy that retired me, I want to be able to say that I lost to a great fighter and not just a regular fighter. Now, go back to uh, Ricky Hatton versus Paul Malignaggi. For a while, it looked that looked like uh, Malignaggi might be able to outbox Hatton, but then uh, near the end of the second round, Hatton landed this big right hand. It uh, hurt Malignaggi, and... From then on, the, the the fight was really the Ricky Hatton show. He was just outlanding Malinaji. He was hurting him, and in the eleventh round, his corner threw in the towel and said, "That's it." They saved him from further punishment. And then in his next fight, Ricky Hatton, the guy who beat Polly Malinaji, goes in against Manny Pacquiao, and he looks like an ordinary fighter. And Again, this is just a theory. You can say I'm full of shit if you want, Polly. It's just my theory. But, uh, come on. You can't deny Manny Pacquiao's greatness. At this point, no. Whether you're a fan or not, you should just kind of man up and say, all right, he beat the guy who beat me with great simplicity. That's because he's a great fighter. Don't beat around the bush like the way you do. It's just embarrassing. Anyway, I think that's it for this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Glenn Johnson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to YouTube.com slash Boxing for Free and Facebook.com slash Boxing for Free page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, be sure to give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.